Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck swings by to catch me up on all the crap that I missed from the past week. A Massachusetts college is at the heart of a tampon revolution for dudes. And we look at the world championship of intersectionality as we do the Woke World Series. Stu does America. Well, the World Series is underway and it's making Major League Baseball uncomfortable. And nobody wants to see that. They're no good at being uncomfortable, so they can't stop saying exactly the same. First, you have the Houston Astros in the World Series again, fresh off a cheating scandal. Oh, they're a little uncomfortable with that. Astros, of course, had to pay $5 million in fines. So they had a bunch of suspensions. They lost a bunch of draft picks. And now they're right back in the spotlight, back in the World Series. You think Major League Baseball loves that? I'm sure they do. Then you have the problematic name of their opponent, the Atlanta Braves. Oh, my goodness. The Braves. Are they talking about Native Americans? I mean, you remember this, of course. We had the Washington Redskins, who then had to change to the Washington football team. And my favorite renaming of any franchise in history. Then you had the Cleveland Indians in baseball, and they had to change to the Cleveland Guardians. Not my favorite rename in history. But the Braves remain. Why? Why are the Atlanta Braves okay? They're lower on the offensive list, I guess. I mean, I, I, think that, I think that's how it is. I mean, Redskins, of course, didn't start as offensive. Go back and watch. We've done the show before where we go over the actual Redskins history. But it's worth going back and watching as Redskins was a compliment to a p- coach who was a Native American who was on the football team at the time. You don't slur a current employee as you name your franchise. That's just not how anything ever works. But Redskins was not offensive for a very long time. And then all of a sudden it just turned offensive. We were supposed to understand that. Same with Indians. Wasn't offensive at first. And now it's it's turned offensive. So we have to change it to the Guardians. I guess brave is at least still a good word. I mean, was it Katy Perry or somebody sang a song about it? So it's got to be okay. But I mean, I don't know if you know this. The Atlanta Braves... And their fans do the tomahawk chop, which obviously is not okay. Surely that is racist. I mean, this guy agrees. He says the chop is racist. And if that guy has a sign, you have to believe it. I mean, he's an Astros fan, but he brought a sign that says the chop is racist. And it may be racist, but at least the Braves didn't cheat. The commissioner is saying the same thing that every commissioner says right before they was out and changed the name. Here's what he's saying. Rob Manfred, the Native American community in that region is wholly supportive of the Braves program, including the CHOP, Manfred said, according to, the che- uh, to Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post. For me, that's kind of the end of the story. In that market, we're taking into account the Native American community. In Atlanta, they've done a great job with the Native Americans. That's great. Uh, The Native American community is the most important group to decide whether it's appropriate or not. I mean, taking that on its face, that would make some sense, right? Like if the Native Americans actually didn't mind the team name, maybe you'd pay attention to that. But are we really going to pretend as if that actually makes a difference? Between 70 and 90 percent of Native Americans consistently said they did not 
find the Redskins name offensive. But it didn't matter because white person Twitter, white liberals on Twitter found it offensive. They wanted it change. So, of course, we have to listen to them. That's exactly what happened last time. Now, rewind just a little bit before uh, the, the, uh, the, the World Series. We go back about half the season and we have an all-star game. That all-star game played not in Atlanta, but in Colorado. Why? Well, it was moved from Atlanta because of Georgia's evil voting laws. Dun, dun, dun. Now, even if the laws were bad, which they are not, it's not the team or the city's fault that they were passed by the state. Teams don't make laws. Cities can make laws, but they didn't make this law. States made the voting laws. Half the fans in those states probably oppose those laws. Probably the majority of the workers who work at the stadium probably oppose those laws. But all those people, all those people got screwed because white liberal Twitter was upset, you see. The reporting behind the scenes is that the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, didn't actually think it was a smart or legitimate move to take the game out of Atlanta. But he couldn't figure out a way to get out of all the hassle and nonsense. So he said, screw it, pull the game and put it in Colorado, where in some ways they have harsher voting laws than they do in Georgia. And why? what are they avoiding? Well, they're avoiding the protests outside of the stadium. And they're avoiding the media, questioning it constantly. Every time Rob Manford does an interview, why did you keep the All-Star game in Atlanta? Why did you keep the All-Star game in Atlanta, Rob? And of course, then there's the possibility that players might not even show up to play in the All-Star game because they are just as susceptible to white liberal Twitter as anybody else. In other words, these organizations have absolutely no spine whatsoever. In some ways, you could understand this. A CEO, a a commissioner of a league is looking around just saying, like, I don't care about any of this, but I don't want the entire All-Star game to be about whether Georgia's voting laws are the right move or not. I don't want to make uh, uh, our entire company have to go out and ask, you know, answer questions all the time about race issues that eventually, without fail, someone's going to screw up. Someone's going to say a naughty word or a naughty phrase, and then we're going to get in trouble all over again. All this is just going to keep going and going and going and going. But this will never end until these companies step up and say, go away, white liberal Twitter. So now you have the World Series, a higher profile event being played in the two states most closely associated with the supposedly evil voting laws. Why are you allowing these games to occur? Why isn't the media up in arms? Did Georgia and Texas reverse their Jim Crow 2.0 laws while I was on vacation? Maybe I missed the story. Of course not. It's because none of this ever meant anything. Everyone knows in reality that these laws are not Jim Crow 2.0. Everyone knows that they are not the worst thing since the Civil War. All the people saying that were just 
lying last time. And it's going to be so satisfying at the end of this series to watch Rob Manfred try to give out a trophy in front of like the Atlanta audience where they rip the game out of the city for absolutely no reason. The booing he will receive will be very loud and very well deserved. Now, unless you're an ideological company with a focus on politics, like The Blaze, where the product is our opinion on these issues, you should stop talking about this crap all the time. Stop giving in to the questions about it. Stop folding every time somebody tweets something. Stop doing it. More companies need to be like Coinbase. And, you know, I say this to people at times and they look at me like, what do you mean? What did Coinbase do? I want to go through some of their uh, position here because they had an issue where people were having, oh, gosh, we got to talk about social justice and blah, 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 blah. And they said, look, we're a cryptocurrency company. Let's handle this like adults. You guys can do what you want outside of work. But when you come to work, this is a workplace. This isn't a place for you to do your activism. I'm going to give you some quotes. This is this is uh, from uh, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase. Everyone is asking the question about how companies should engage in broader societal issues during these difficult times while keeping their teams united and focused on the mission. Coinbase has had their own challenges here, including employee walkouts. I decided to share publicly how I'm addressing this in case it helps others navigate a path through these challenging times. In short, I want Coinbase to be laser focused on achieving its mission because I believe that this is the best way we can have the biggest impact on the world. We will do this by playing as a championship team, focus on building and being transparent about what our mission is and isn't. Some of the steps, policy decisions. If there is a bill introduced around crypto, we may engage here. But normally we wouldn't engage in policy decisions around healthcare or education, for example. Broader societal issues. We don't engage here when issues are unrelated to our core mission because we believe impact only comes with focus. Political causes. We don't advocate for any particular causes or candidates internally that are unrelated to our mission because it is a distraction from our mission. Even if we all agree something is a problem, we may not all agree on the solution. It goes on. We won't debate causes or political candidates internally that are unrelated to work. I, yeah, we, uh, we won't expect the company to represent our personal beliefs externally. Yeah, we won't assume negative intent or not have each other's back. Yeah. And we won't take on activism outside of our core mission at work. Yeah. We will fight to get on the same page when we have differences. Sure. We will support each other and create team cohesion. Yes. We will assume positive intent. Yes. And we will put the company goals ahead of our teams or our individual goals. Yes, 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 yes. That's the approach. Just take that statement, copy and paste it, and replace crypto with whatever you're selling. Like it's, if there's a bill related to blueberry muffins or tutus for poodles or hourly prostitution, whatever you're selling, then maybe we may engage. But otherwise, keep it at home, dope. 
every big company or organization like Major League Baseball should make this statement. We're a freaking baseball league. When baseball is the issue, we'll talk about it. When it's climate policy or tax policy or bathroom laws, we'll let Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell screw those things up all by themselves. Because you don't want us making your laws. And you don't want Chuck Schumer pitching in Game 7 of the World Series. So when we have all of these issues like we've been talking about and it gets worse and worse and worse and these laws come down and they seem to be more and more arduous. And I mean, you've seen the thing that they've been talking about lately. Hey, what we might do is uh, if your stocks go up a little bit, we're just going to we're just going to tax you on that even if you don't sell them. Wait, wait a minute. What? That's totally unconstitutional. Well, where are you going to go is what they always say to you. Where are you going to go? Well, let me give you a place to check out Panama. Now, Panama is a country you probably know. You know the canal. That's probably about what you know about Panama. But a lot of American retirees and veterans are going down there because you can live in luxury for like $24,000 a year. You could pay 0% income tax. Your health care could be as little as $2,600 a year. You can also own luxury beachfront condos on pristine white sand for less than $120,000. This is the world's number one wealth protection haven. You probably have heard about this a little bit. It's worth checking out, though. The past year, I think that's caused all of us to rethink what's going on. Uh, People are retiring early. They're moving. Uh, People are working from home. If that's you, check out The American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama from my friends over at International Living. It's 100% free for the audience. Head over to buypanamanow.com slash stew and get your copy today. That's buypanamanow.com slash stew. You can sign up now, claim your free series on investing in Panama's Pacific Riviera today. The place to go, buypanama.com slash stew. Glenn Beck joins me once again. His newest special is coming up immediately after this show, 9 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, it's Build Back Bankrupt How. How Biden's climate agenda will financially ruin you. Glenn, thanks for stopping. You find financial ruin funny. (laughs) I just find your attitude funny. Yeah. When you come on this program, you seem. uh, I left a very important business meeting for this. So let's keep it short. I was in that meeting and it was not important at all. No, you. That's not the meeting I was talking about. We were ordering paper towels and toilet paper for the studio. (laughs) And that is important. Actually, much more than this with the supply chain stuff yeah. going on. I, let's <laughs> make sure we got that is. stuff. It is. Um, so uh, I was welcome out. back. Thank you. I was mm-hmm. out for uh, four days. Uh, yeah, a we did vacation. not miss you. Thank you very I mean, much. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so let me uh, let me ask you what you always ask Bill O'Reilly every week. What's the yeah. most important story of the week? What did I miss last week? Yeah. Um, I think the the banking regulations and, uh, you know, you were here the week before mm-hmm. where they started laying in the ESG stuff. Yeah. Then the next Friday, this last Friday, they laid in um, even more. They laid in their um, uh, gender policies. OK, wait. So hmm? gender. So wait, back up. Yeah. The banking stuff, you're talking about the monitoring the $600 transaction. No, that's a third thing. Okay. Okay. So the Friday before last, the White House announced how the ESG program Mm -hmm. is going to be working in coordination with the United States Treasury, the United States government, 
the Federal Reserve and your local bank. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they were talking about all kinds of things, anywhere from um, the um, social justice uh, rules. For instance, do you pay your people minimum wage? Do you pay them fifteen dollars an hour? If you pay them $15 an hour, you get bonus points. If you don't pay them $15 an hour, you get knocked down a point. Mm. Um, And how all of this is going to be judged and how it will affect the average person. It's all there now on the WhiteHouse.gov. So they laid that in. Then on top of that, you have the $10,000, you know, IRS uh, snooping into your, uh, your bank accounts. They say that's out of the bill. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Because it started at $600. And then they're like, well, what about $10,000, but over a year? Yeah. Which is... I mean, I probably spend $10,000 a year on gas. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, at Biden, this point, you definitely yeah. do, yeah. Um, so uh, that was uh, placed in. And that is all part of this ESG stuff um, and monitoring you. Then this last Friday, they entered, they, they uh, did something about gender equality or equity and also uh, equity for women. And that's all also loaded into all of the banks. Treasury just named yesterday, day before, their new uh, equity uh, council president or whatever, the person who's in charge of equity in our Treasury Department. uh, What? Right. Because what is the difference between this and China's social credit score? There is no difference. Or the Black Mirror episode? No, there is no difference. There's no difference. You know, the guy guy who did Black Mirror, you know, he quit. Do you know that? No. He stopped making them because he said they were becoming, they were beginning in in his head to blur between reality and uh, and fiction. Mm. And one of the last ones he did was that episode. And it disturbed him so much because it's so close to us he couldn't he couldn't process it anymore he didn't want to keep putting that into his head and out into the public and we're here now that that is what this system is because if go back to like the the minimum wage thing do you yeah. pay your, your employees minimum wage well, if you if you do that, you might not get a loan. If you don't pay $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do that, you might not get banking. Um, if you don't get to $15 an hour, you might not get the banking services you need. Mm-hmm. Which just, instead of passing a bill that says the minimum wage is $15, it basically uh, enforces a $15 minimum wage without having to pass the it bill. It makes mob rule. Whatever the mob says you need to do, or whatever the unelected stakeholder says that you have to do. Um, It also included um, uh, stakeholdership in every major corporation called a golden stakeholder. So the government would have a golden stakeholder position on every board of directors. So they could overrule the board should the government think that they should be overruled on something. So it gives the government stakeholder status in every major corporation of America. It's insane, Stu. 
It's insane. And nobody is really talking about it. No, really. Uh, the only thing, whenever you talk about it, people just say it's a conspiracy theory. It's there. It's there. It's done. It's there. It's, there. It's, yeah, it's, it's already on WhiteHouse.gov. It's part of the initiative from the president. It's already being implemented in the Treasury and the Federal Reserve. How much of this is in the reconciliation bill? Uh, Do they need it? No, I don't know if they need very much. They need the they need to have the ten thousand dollar thing in there Mm -hmm. to be able to control. Remember, that is just the and I think you were gone by the time this clicked on in my head. That ten thousand dollar thing that is everyone. Everyone has ten thousand dollars, unless you're because it's going in and to out of the account total. It's not how if you have you have to have ten thousand in, in your account or out. Yeah. So if you have five thousand coming in and you write checks for five thousand, you're at ten thousand. Right. Okay. Over a so course of a year. A year. So that's every single person in America that has a checking account. The reason why they're doing this is not for the IRS. First of all, if it's only for the very wealthy. Why did you double the size of the IRS? They've doubled the size of the IRS mm. um, and the agents that go after th- people. Um, the, the other thing is, is it's, it's not about collecting more taxes. It's about control. Because remember, Stu, what is uh, modern monetary theory? What is it? Basically print as much money as you can since you... You have the control of the printing presses. Just keep going and keep spending. And that's the first half. Yeah. Do you remember the second half? Uh, I mean, we never talk about the second half. The second half is we can control inflation Mm. if we have control of the companies Mm. on what they produce and how much they produce. So we can tell them immediately produce more. And at the same time, we can tell the consumers consume less. And so what this would give them is the ability eventually, once you have a, a, a Bitcoin kind of Fed coin, right. you'd have the control of everyone's bank account. So if inflation is driving the price of gas up, well, then all we have to do is ration it for those who need to go to work. You don't need to go to work, Mm. okay? You're not an essential worker. So we're going to cut off the coin, Bitcoin, or, you know, Fed coin for you so you won't be able to buy gas because you don't need it. That's what this is really all about. The second half of modern monetary theory. Control of the companies and control of the spending of the individual. Because we talk about, you know, a communist regime that would want that level of control over its population. Mm-hmm. Kim Jong Un, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Stalin. But really, this is also maybe even more specifically what Hitler had over, uh, what Mussolini had over his uh, economy, where he was constantly going to these companies that were not owned by the government. "Quote unquote." They Correct. were they were privately owned, but he would go to them that's and tell fascism. them that's fascism. That's what you do. Yeah, it's corporatism. It's fascism. Correct. Isn't that what we're looking at here? I mean, that's the yes, yes. We're looking at the Chinese model. That's another big story okay. that happened. Mm-hmm. Was Evergrande is is going into default? And Stu, you have to listen to it. It almost made my head pop. I'm listening to the New York Times in their daily. Did you hear I think the one? I listened to this episode. Yeah. Where they said, you know, China's doing something different. Did you hear about this? Did you hear this part? China's doing something different. Um, They may decide not 
to bail yeah. out Evergrande. Mm -hmm. Michael Barbero, well, why? Why would they? Why would they do that? Because they think that if they bail out um, this particular uh, group that took too many risky loans out, right. that it will teach the rest of the the banking sector that they can get away with it and there will always be somebody to bail them out. Oh my gosh. Michael Barbero. So is that part of the Chinese socialist uh, dogma? Hmm. No, no, that's capitalism. Right. That's <laughs> capitalism. To be, that's least. the way it's supposed to work. You make a bad deal, you fail. We used the socialistic fascistic uh, system to bail out all of the banks and they didn't learn a damn thing and now china and the new york times is that's fascinating so they wouldn't bail banks out <laughs> because it would set a bad precedent so they're willing to take the hit in the short term for a long-term gain mm. Mm. oh my gosh I my head almost popped. Oh, that's uh, I actually did hear that clip. And it's amazing because they were presenting it as it, it was uh, a brilliant against, new idea. Yeah, brilliant new idea. And against the socialist re regime to help the company, yeah. you have to help the people. And they'll but they'll, they are going to help. The yeah, people. They're going to throw all sorts of money. They're they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. saying that what yeah. what they said in The New York Times was by not helping the company, they will help the people. For instance, they'll help the people who lost their money on those investments. It's not their fault. Why should they lose their house? Mm, amazing. Um, before we go, I want to spend a minute on the Alec Baldwin thing, because yeah. this happened while I was gone completely, okay. the whole story. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I watched it happen from a totally disconnected place. I was you know, on vacation, not paying close attention to the news, not on social media. And as I kind of did check in over time, Obviously, Alec Baldwin, you know, there's all sorts of details and questions about mm -hmm. what exactly happened. But basically, let's say he mistakenly shot uh, someone with a gun that was supposed to uh, not be loaded with an actual bullet. Um, and this, you know, this uh, woman on the staff, she one of the directors, she dies. Another one gets sh another guy gets shot. Cinematographer dies yeah. and the director is wounded. OK, I, well, I, I did not feel comfortable with the way I saw conservatives react to this news, um, who, which almost immediately went to the celebratory mocking of Alec oh, Baldwin. Oh, I felt bad for Alec Baldwin. And I felt... Nobody, nobody shoots somebody um, unintentionally yeah. and feels good about it. Right, right, right. And I remember when Dick Cheney did this back in the day. Mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live joked and they thought it was hilarious mm -hmm. and they made did sketches about it. And like it immediately it seemed like a lot of people on the right went to Alec Baldwin's a bad guy. Look at all his old gun tweets and all that stuff. I, right. I understand so, at some level. But like the, a woman with yeah, a died. nine year old so kid. I, died. I agree with you. I, I didn't mock Alec Baldwin. I think the first day I was saying, you know, thoughts and prayers. I know he hates that, but thoughts and prayers <laughs> sure, to Alec sure. Baldwin. Um, however, now just and not gleefully, um, he was the producer on that. Yeah. Um, and they were cutting corners like crazy. I mean, I think it was a model that was in charge of the guns. Mm. The guy who was in charge of the safety of the set had quit just like the week before saying this is a completely yeah. unsafe atmosphere. So they knew it. And in fact, that particular gun they were using for target shooting with live rounds in it that morning. Terrible idea. Okay, terrible idea. Also terrible idea. He was 
uh, earlier joking around saying he was going to shoot those two people because they made him go over and over with it. And then he when he's practicing, you don't if you went to any NRA class, <laughs> you would know you never point a gun unloaded, loaded, fake gun or real gun, you never point it to another person. Right. Never. Unless you intend to shoot them. Unless you intend to kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I think it's totally fine to find cr- criticism of Baldwin. And he may have done something really bad here, may have been really... Uh, he could be up for manslaughter. Right. I mean, like, all that's completely legitimate. I just felt like totally lost out of this was like a, a, a completely innocent person's life yeah. being lost here with a with a husband and a kid and like the immediate reaction from so many in politics and around it was just to sit here and just like gleefully bask in the terrible time Alec That's Baldwin was going us through becoming them right and I don't want to become them yeah but it it was uh, I'm glad to hear you say that yeah I, no he's such a bad person it's it's hard not oh, yeah. to you know think of well you know turnabout is fair play um, but I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. And somebody died, and I feel bad not only for her family, but I really feel bad for him. I mean, it's harder to feel bad for him yeah. than it is for her because he's such a bad guy. But I feel bad for him. I really do. I mean, you don't shoot somebody accidentally and kill them and recover. Yeah, and he, I mean, he can't handle normal things well. No, <laughs> no. Like someone is late with a muffin. And yeah, he go, no, he goes crazy. I, like, I can't he imagine how this crazy. is going to go. Yeah. It's going to be ugly. All right, um, tonight, you were speaking of ugly, Joe Biden's climate agenda. It's very ugly. Glenn's going to go through all the details. $11,000 per American citizen, not taxpayer, per citizen, $11,000 every year. Every year. Incredible. Uh, Build back bankrupt. How Biden's climate agenda will financially ruin you. It's coming up next 9 p.m. Eastern right here on Blaze TV. Don't miss it uh, because you can always I mean, they might pull it down from YouTube or whatever. But Blaze TV will always have it up. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Enter the promo code Stu. That's how they know you like this stupid show and you like it more than the very bored Glenn Beck when he usually comes here upset to go back to the toilet paper meeting. Glenn, thank you for thank taking you. a yeah, quick no, I... moment away from the toilet paper. Well. They both. Ah, build back better, bankrupt, and build bar. All in the same second. And back. Look at all the bees. Uh, we've got... Uh, it's this kind of entertainment that's put this show where it is today. <laughs> that's true. Right there. <laughs> right right there. with the toilet paper. Right here. Uh, the same place. Uh, Built Bar is the protein bar that you want to have. And you might say, well, I don't want to have any protein bar. They're all terrible. Well, you've never tried a Built Bar. Built Bars were basically candy bars. Um, they're, they're, they're a candy bar company that is just happening, happening to put, have some protein in there and make it healthy. Uh, they go for taste first. They have a coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, so salted good. caramel, cookies and cream. What's your favorite flavor right now? Uh, the mint brownie still mint and brownie. the coconut cream, uh, the coconut uh, chocolate coconut. Oh, yeah. It tastes just like a, a Mounds bar. A Mounds bar. Yeah. I mean, these things so are serious. Good. Yeah. Only 180 calories, much less than a Mounds bar. 18 grams of protein. And a Mounds more. bar is like two of these little yeah. things. Yeah. They do that dumb thing where they break yeah, it in two pieces. It in, oh, like, oh, we're, we're helping you. You, yeah, you know, you can have no, it in two pieces. First of all, everyone's eating it in one serving. Mm-hmm. And now you're just you're just cutting out the middle so you mm-hmm. can save money. Um, that's not what Built does. Uh, Built.com is the place to go. Use the promo code STU15 for 15% off your first order. Promo code is STU15, 15% off at Built.
Com. So we talked about all the problems going on with the Woke World Series, and Houston is also affected with their football team. Their owner, uh, CEO Cal McNair, has had a, a, an issue. And I want to give you this exact headline. Texans CEO Cal McNair apologizes for making anti-Asian remark at team-sponsored event. Wow. I mean, what did he say? What did he, I mean, this must have been terrible. Um, here's... <laughs> An inappropriate choice of words is how he's apologizing, by the way. As reported by Bally Sports, McNair was speaking in May of this year at the Texans Charity Golf Classic when he told attendees, I'm sorry that we couldn't get together last year because of the China virus. According to a witness who spoke with Bally Sports, people who heard the remark gasped. And while McNair and his wife appeared amused. Did they gasp? Did they? Because a guy said China virus, which, by the way, is the origin country. We all know this is what we do. At that time, we were still saying things like British variant and Indian variant and South African variant and Brazilian variant. But we're supposed to act like that's really that offensive. You're, you're telling if Donald Trump didn't say that 500 times, there's no reason this would this would be a controversy. It's only because Donald Trump started saying it that everyone said you're not allowed to name the country of origin anymore. Uh, look, it, none of this does any like the Delta variant is the only one that really anyone knows. No one knows which which one. It's hard to decipher. No one knows what alpha is, which I think was the British variant. I talk about this stuff all the time. I don't even remember it. Uh, none of that stuff makes it when you, at least you know you have a country you can associate it with. You're not associate. It's not the people who live in China's fault. I mean, maybe the people who worked in the lab, but I'm saying the average person, the average person in China. Nobody blames the average person in China. And they bring up the, like the uh, stats like, well, uh, we reported attacks against Asian-Americans uh, were on the rise. We're going to go back. We've gone through those numbers before. Maybe we should do it again. But. Uh, you're just assigning things to to these words like they, there's no power in those words and nobody thinks that way. I don't know. I've never met anybody who thinks that way. Have you, Have you ever met someone who would be like, you know what? Well, the virus uh, came from China originally. And of course, uh, I, of course, blame an average person uh, stay over there. So I'm going to take people who are American citizens here in America who appear to be to be Chinese and do bad things to them because that's a rational way of thinking. I mean, they always talk about this. this. These are all Republicans. They always accuse us of denying the coronavirus anyway. What do we care if it came from China? Um, but good luck uh, and good news here as you go to Wuhan, maybe do some travel. Go back to your condo. Now it's open. Um, United States has issued its first passport with an X gender marker. Congratulations to Dana Zim, spelled Z-Z-Y-Y. M, who got the uh, X gender marker, because that's sane, obviously. When you have a, a passport, which is dealing with international security, you want to make sure you don't, you just make up genders. Because that, you know, well, you know who's going to love that when he travels to like Saudi Arabia? I'm sure he's going to be very pleased, or Xi is going to be very pleased when they go to Saudi Arabia. They're like, uh, we're not letting you in with an X on your freaking passport, okay? No. I don't think it's going to work very well for international security. Uh, Billy Eilish is calling for urgent action ahead of COP26. This is um, uh, the big climate event uh, that is going on. 
And I will say, uh, Billie Eilish, of course, most famous for singing uh, songs and such uh, that I could totally name to you. I can name to you probably 10 or 20 of them right now. We just don't have time. Uh, What's interesting about this, though, is one of her songs, I listened to a podcast about it, and it's about her wanting to kill herself, which I assume most of her songs probably are. Uh, But this one in particular is about her wanting to jump off a building because she just felt too much pain or something. Um, And I thought that was interesting because there's a Kids Bop version of it. If you want to listen to it, it's, it's Kids Bop. Billie Eilish trying to kill herself on Kids Bop. So if you want your kids to be... Listening to that. And uh, Smith College, uh, an all-women college, I, I don't know if it's all-women, okay? We shouldn't say that. Because they're putting, uh, they've got tampon machines, I guess, in the women's bathrooms. But is that enough? And the answer to that, of course, is no. An opinion piece for the women-only Smith's College, the Sophian. A student called for sanitary product in all bathrooms on campus for those with uteruses. Student said Smith is sending a message to menstruating students about the lack of care for their well-being by not having pads and tampons in the men's restroom. Writer claimed that house bathrooms and other public bathrooms on campus are not installed with dispensers for students rather than, quote, adopting a clandestine attitude toward menstruation to cater to cisgender men. The writer says Smith should install dispensers in all bathrooms. I think they should just let them crap right out in the lawn. And that's the only thing you can do. That's the only solution to this problem. Everybody craps in a big pile on the lawn. Problem solved. So if you're trying to buy or sell a home in these times, you know how challenging it can be, mainly because you want to make sure you're taking full advantage of what's going on. Right now, if you're selling, it's obviously been a really good market for sellers for a while here. And if you wait too long, you might miss out on it. If you pull the trigger too fast or set your price too low, you might miss out on the upside. It can be a scary time because you might be making money, but are you maxing out your profits? That is a big deal when it comes to the biggest financial transaction you probably will ever engage in. On the other side, if you're buying, these markets can spin out of control really fast. You need someone who knows the market, who understands to not overbid, someone who knows when it's time to be patient, when it's time to go for it. That's what you need. You need a real estate agent that you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a company Glenn started. You saw him on the program today. He started this a while ago. Why? Because he was going insane because of a real estate agent issue he was having. And he said, why don't I have a way we can screen these people? I'm just, I feel like I'm just picking out of a hat. Realestateagentsitrust.com is that place. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You can listen to the podcast uh, whenever you get podcasts. We always appreciate you uh, rating and reviewing us on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you are. Uh, This one comes in, uh, says, Stu for Eagles GM. As an ex-Philadelphian and ex-Eagles fan, I understand your passion to dig in and get all the facts. That is what this show is. Chartapalooza! Conserva nerds, unite. You should leave this gig and replace Howie so I can be an Eagles fan again. Go, birds. I will say, uh, yes, Go birds! I was in uh, I was saw their game uh, uh, last week, and uh, they need help. Uh, I don't know if it's the help they need from me, but they need it from somewhere. You can go to YouTube, watch the show wherever uh, you are. Uh, check it out. Every single episode is up on YouTube. Lots of great clips as well. Uh, we talked to Gothics last week. A lot of a reaction to that. Gothics and Stu speaking like two calm, sane, sensible adults. I love it. If only the entire country could do this. That's not possible. 
two people at a time is about as good as you're ever going to get. So uh, don't ask for too much. Uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast uh, wherever you are. And remember, when you uh, rate and review us positively, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. You will remember, of course, that it helps this program, yes, but it also hurts other podcasts, which is the really important thing. By the way, on YouTube, we have exclusive uh, material up there on YouTube. And we got kind of sick of watching everybody on the left post their dumb vaccine selfies over and over again. Like, you know, whether you like the vaccines or not, I don't need to see a picture of you getting a shot. There's no reason. That doesn't help anybody. It was annoying me so much, we decided to go to a doctor to give a real medical solution to this problem. Hi, I'm Dr. Elvid Lorch. As a medical professional, I can tell you that thousands of people don't want to take a vaccine selfie because of the exposure of their pasty white and overtly Caucasian arms that lack even the smallest evidence of muscle tone. Blotchiness, farmer's tans, weird and creepy rashes, extreme paleness, and inconceivable flabbiness are all real symptoms. And to answer your medical question, Yes, you look horrible. You look like you have the arms of an overweight computer programmer who collects Magic the Gathering cards. As a doctor, I would not want to be associated with vaccinating arms like these. I thought these selfies were supposed to encourage people to get the shot. It's like they put marshmallows into a sausage casing and slapped on a coat of builder's white. I'd rather get COVID than look like that. That's why our laboratory immediately abandoned our work on a COVID vaccine of our own and went to work to develop the Vaccinate-T. Hi, I'm Dr. Elvid Lorch. The Vaccinate-T is a comfortable cotton T-shirt that looks like any other. However, as a doctor, I included a small Velcro patch in the vaccine location of the upper arm so that you don't have to show off your awful Elmer's glue colored arms. And more importantly, we don't have to see them. Take away the fear of getting your vaccine. Selfie. Get the vaccinate. Hi, I'm Dr. Elvin Lorch. Sure, you can get the shot, but for all that is good and holy, get the shirt first. Make sure to get your vaccinate at hi, I'm Dr. Elvin Lorch.com. Goodbye. I'm Dr. Elvin Lorch. Head to studosmerch.com. It's Christmas coming up soon. You better get your presents. Uh, I know the supply chain and stuff to scare you into buying things. Uh, remember that. Just think about like just giant container ships of Stu Does Merch stuff right off the shoreline. And who knows? Will it get to you in time? If you order now, it will. Anyway, uh, you can get the Taliban Joe stuff, which is fantastic. Also in stock for Christmas. Here it is. Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. Yes, the ultimate in Nancy Pelosi sucks gear. The T-shirts are fantastic as well. I love the mug myself. Uh, check it all out. StuDoesMerch.com. Okay, so here's what happened. Guy's going out. He's hiking. Goes out on a hike. He, uh, there's a situation. We're all very nervous about hikers going missing right now. And he's not answering. He doesn't, they don't know where he went. He doesn't show up. They start calling him on the phone. A call and call and call. He doesn't answer. A bunch of time goes by, and all of a sudden, the guy just kind of strolls back into camp. And they're like, what the heck? Why were you, we were trying to reach you all this time. Where were you? We were calling and calling and calling and calling. Uh, he, uh, he saw the calls. He just said it was, a, it was an unknown number. So he didn't pick it up. 
<laughs> which is the most understandable thing of all time. I mean, I was an adult in the 90s. I practically invented screening telephone calls. But when you're in a life or death situation under desperate circumstances, maybe you take a chance on the unknown number. At the very least, you can get a fancy new extension on your car's limited warranty. And let me tell you why it's a good deal. Stay with me on this. First of all, you could get more.